Hey everyone, it's Father Pat here today to offer you my reflections on the scripture readings for today. Our readings today are from the second Sunday of Easter. Our reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Many signs and wonders were done among the people at the hands of the apostles. They were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the others dared to join them, but the people esteemed them. Yet more than ever, believers in the Lord, great numbers of men and women, were added to them. Thus, they even carried the sick out onto the streets and laid them on cots and mats, so that when Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on one or another of them. A large number of people from the towns in the vicinity of Jerusalem also gathered, bringing the sick and those disturbed by unclean spirits, and they were all cured. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our response, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love is everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love is everlasting. Let the house of Israel say, his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love is everlasting. I was hard-pressed and was falling, but the Lord helped me. My strength and my courage is the Lord, and he has been my Savior. The joyful shout of victory in the tents of the just. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love is everlasting. The stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. By the Lord has this been done. It is wonderful in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love is everlasting. A reading from the book of Revelation. I, John, your brother, who share with you the distress, the kingdom, and the endurance we have in Jesus, found myself on the island called Patmos, because I proclaimed God's word and gave testimony to Jesus. I was caught up in spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a voice as loud as a trumpet, which said, Write on a scroll what you see. Then I turned to see whose voice it was that spoke to me, and when I turned I saw seven gold lampstands, and in the midst of the lampstands one like a son of man wearing an ankle-length robe, with a gold sash around his chest. When I caught sight of him, I fell down at his feet as though dead. He touched me with his right hand and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last, the one who lives. Once I was dead, but now I am alive forever and ever. I hold the keys to death in the netherworld. Write down, therefore, what you have seen, and what is happening, and what will happen afterwards. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. On the evening of that first day of the week when the doors were locked, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. And as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger into the nail marks and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now a week later his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, and see my hands, and bring your hand, and put it into my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believe. 
Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. On Easter Sunday, I had breakfast with a beautiful young family that is a blend of two very different cultural traditions. It led to a discussion on the uh, uh, often very, very uh, big differences in expressions and customs, customs among people who uh, have different languages or, or might even share a language and a country, um, but come from different regions. Being Easter, the conversation turned to clothing. In Spanish, there is a verb, estrenar, that is um, used to describe wearing clothing for the first time, a sort of debuting or showing off your new, your new duds, so to speak. We don't really have a, a verb like that in English, right? But there's a specific verb in, in Spanish, estrenar, that, um, that you use for, for that one uh, particular instance. One person there shared that in her family, you would only estrenar a, a new dress on Sunday. Sunday, of course, was, or still should be, a day for church, for family, and is the first day of the week. You saved your new clothes for that special day, and only after that would you wear them on less important occasions. In our second reading, we hear the prologue, uh, an introduction to the book of Revelation, whose author is, identifies himself as named John. Tradition says that this John is the brother of James, you know, the, one of the sons of thunder, one of the one of the apostles, one of the twelve apostles. Other people and scholars suggest that it may have been written uh, a bit later, maybe even after John's death, and so maybe it was written by a different John, uh, who who they call John the Seer, who may himself have been a disciple of the apostle. But regardless, the author uh, finds himself in the, in exile on the island of Patmos. Having been there once myself, I can tell you that uh, my experience was that it was a desolate island. It was mostly deserted, um, and it was buffeted, at least the day I was there, by strong and chilly uh, winds from the ocean. It's the kind of place where uh, you find a cave to get out of the elements and hibernate. John, John was there as an exile, banished from preaching the gospel by a hostile Roman government. His life, as he knows it, at that point anyway, is over. Except it's not. It's actually just beginning. We hear in uh, the, 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 our reading today, John says, I was caught up in, a, in spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a voice as loud as a trumpet, which said, write on a scroll what you see. John says it's the Lord's day, the first day of the week. As with every Sunday, it's not an end, right? Sunday is not an end. It's a beginning. The end of last week has passed. It's time to start something new and exciting. John, stripped of everything of his past, is not dead. He's very much alive in Christ as he begins to write the words of the book of Revelation, which will survive him by 2,000 years plus. A friend asked me recently to uh, uh, watch a documentary series on Netflix produced by the Seventh-day Adventists. I didn't and really still don't know a whole lot about uh, their beliefs, but the documentary relied heavily on a literal and, and very dark interpretation of the book of Revelation, which frankly is, is somewhat common, common among fundamentalist Christians. 
uh, the, the documentary warns, the, the event, Seventh-day Adventists warn, that we are in a kind of end times and that great destruction and purification is, is right around the corner. They, uh, the the Seventh-day Adventists also espouse uh, what they call a young earth, well, so what people refer to as a young earth creationism that claims that the human race is really only a few thousand years old, again, a literal interpretation of the Bible, and that the Catholic Church is the you know proverbial whore of Babylon that the book of Revelation talks about, who has deceived the world with its evil works and its evil teachings. In other words, this is hardly a feel-good romantic comedy that I'm talking about here that leaves uh, its viewers feeling light and hopeful at the end. But anyway, one of, the, one of the many Catholic beliefs that the documentary attacks is the celebration of the Lord's Day on Sunday. They say that the Sabbath day was set for all time by the Lord at the time of creation, the seventh day when the Lord rested, and the giving of the Mosaic Law, when, when the Sabbath day is identified as Saturday. The change uh, to Sunday initiated by the Catholic Church is, they say, not justified by, by the Bible and um, has been continued mistakenly uh, not only by the Catholic Church, by all, but all the Protestant uh, churches that follow Sunday as the Lord's Day. Uh, actually, Catholic News Agency published a, a concise explanation uh, against those Adventist claims. Um, uh, I, I include a link to that in my uh, written reflection uh, today, but um, look it up. Uh, it's, uh, um, again, by the Catholic News Agency, um, an article on the Sabbath or the Lord's Day, uh, I believe is the, is the, uh, is the title. But for now, we'll just say this. Jesus makes it clear that he is Lord of the Sabbath. He says that himself in, in Mark chapter 2, that he rose on a Sunday. All right, we know that. John, at the beginning of John chapter 20, that it was the first day of the week that he rose from the dead, and that his first appearances to his apostles were on a Sunday. Again, we hear that in, in John's gospel, and one of those appearances we uh, hear in today's gospel. And we also know that he sent the Holy Spirit to the church at Pentecost on a Sunday. Read at Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And that the early church gathered on Sunday to celebrate the breaking of the bread. Look, you can find that at Acts chapter 20, when St. Paul um, uh, celebrates the, the breaking of the bread with the, uh, with, the, with the early church. Presuming that the Son of God knows what he's doing, there is something that he's trying to communicate in those details. It's true that God rested on the seventh day following the creation of the world. But God is not at rest at the moment of the resurrection, is he? He's quite active, as a matter of fact. For as he reveals to the John the seer in Revelation, I am the first and the last, the one who lives. Once I was dead, but now I am alive forever and ever. And then later, chapter uh, Revelation chapter 21, he says, Behold, I make all things new. I make all things new. Jesus rises and appears on a Sunday, because his resurrection is not an end, but a beginning. It's the first day of the recreation of the world. And so on the evening of the first day of the new creation, Jesus appears to his closest friends. We hear in John's gospel again, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. He then breathed the Holy Spirit into them to empower them for their work, of which first on the agenda is this. John, he says to them, Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, 
and whose sins you retain are retained. The recreation of the world starts with mercy, the wiping away of sin so that we can begin again. This time we hope to glorify his name. John the seer, exiled to Patmos, thinks his life is over. We too, in this wounded world that seems to be overcome by evil, can be tempted to think that we are at the beginning of the end. Not so, or not necessarily so. For God is mercy. At every celebration of the Lord's Day, we begin Mass acknowledging our sin and asking to be restored and made new. And he recreates us, for he is mercy. The cold winds of our exile are not signs of the end, but signs of a beginning. That cold wind, that, that, that wind is the breath of the Holy Spirit that you're feeling, which is not harsh, as harsh as it may seem, but instead is invigorating and life-giving. So put on your baptismal clothing and estrenar, strut your stuff, and give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. May Almighty God bless you on this Easter day. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a great day.